What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Poppin' everybody, hello and welcome to Popcorn Culture. My name is Ben Carlin and I am your host. Here with me today is my brother Jay, who will be in every episode. Also known as the other host. You know what? Yeah. We might we might finally have a way to settle I think that settle this do. sticks and stones argument. After a tremendous, tremendous argument, non-stop debate in the comments about who is the true host. Are we both hosts? Are we co-hosts? Everybody is knows that I am the, us, the, the one host. true host. There has been significant debate, and you know, we've been trying to figure it out for as long as the pop has been around. The good news no is. One has been able to settle for sure on who the real host is i feel like we can all settle for sure but the, the, can too. the good news is we have a way if you care to get involved and support the popcast along the way we have created a patreon page for popcorn culture that page has three different levels all of which cost five bucks a piece right but they're all the same thing and it's all about determining who is the true host? And now we have a way of determining it. So yeah. I thought this was really funny. The the three different tiers we have on our Patreon page for the pop, which by no means do you need to support. This will always be a free Always, podcast. always, always. Always free. Uh, but if you, if you so desire and want to support us on Patreon, you can. And we just have three tiers. One is host Ben. The best tier. And one is host Jay, the best tier. The other best tier. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. The other, the, best tier. the other best tier. <laughs> <laughs> or host neither and so what we're gonna do is whichever tier has the highest amount of patronids yeah patrons will be whoever is the current actual host of popcorn culture exactly so we will know once and for all who is the host once and for always. Yeah, once and for always, or until the next week, if it changes. If it changes, I know. Oh, right. goodness me. Can you guys wow. even... Guys, guys, Jay aside here. Everybody, like, hold up your hand to the left-hand side of your face so that you're not looking at him as we say this. But, like, can you imagine the opening of this show if Jay was reading it? Oh, my gosh. I would How have to give you... I'd have to give you my... I could give you my host voice. No, don't give them reasons voice. to... I can't do it. What... <laughs> Hello and welcome to Popcorn Culture. <laughs> it's, goodness me, we actually we added uh, just a, a, a smidge. Mm. We had, basically what we did was we tied a blanket in front of the door that we record our podcast booth, and for some reason the acoustics are so much better that you're you're like jazzy man podcast voice. My, it's like my jazz radio voice. I feel like I feel like the table <laughs> is vibrating. Like 
<laughs> you you uh what is resonance frequency is that like how a, a jackhammer can like take down like an entire building like oh like if it hits just the right spot or something right it so, turns the whole yeah. building into a tuning fork am i about to destroy the the table with the low tremble of my jazz voice yes i believe i the table is in doom <laughs> it's well, doomed so anyway guys if you, you want, want to go jazzy j to host your show <laughs> Jazzy J is even a cool name. Buzzy oh, B. Buzzy B. Buzzy That's B my... is, that is not as cool as it's, Jazzy J. It's pretty cool, Buzzy B. Buzzy B. It just sounds like you're like a like an actual bee. Yeah, no, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, okay, yeah. so you're a mumblebee. Bu- bu- Buzzy the bee. No. Bee. Buzzy B. That's me. I that's will say, Jazzy J is a leftover uh, DJ host from a short story I wrote in college. Oh, really? Yeah. Tell yeah. me about this. Well, so this is, I took creative writing because... It, it shows. Yeah. <laughs> honestly. And one of the things you had to do was write like a short story for the class. So <clears throat> my my story was, this was the opening line, was, unfortunately for him, Carl was the luckiest man on earth. Ooh. Yeah. I, I get I get real good, uh, is it Stranger Than Fiction? Uh, yes. It was, it was very Stranger Than Fiction. Even that. Was this, isn't that no his name's harold and stranger than fiction right this great is carl. movie by the way this is carl it's kind of some up vibes in there as well oh but I like so it. the, I like the it. premise of the story was that carl had the best luck in the world and everything always went his way but he still wasn't a very happy person um oh interesting so despite yeah. the fact that things always go his way right the the assertion is that that does not always deliver fulfillment exactly that was sort of the the direction it was going in and it was going to be like a you know the 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 direction of it was that he was going to meet a, a girl who he worked with, and only when he was around this girl would thing would unfortunate things happen to him, like the power would break when he was around this girl. It's like unlucky things would happen to him. But then he that would but make then, him happy. But, but, he, but he would be happy because he was with her. That was sort of the, that was the direction it was going in. So would, there was like a supernatural force causing good luck to happen to him. So would you be willing to give up being the luckiest man alive right. in order to be the luckiest man right. alive? But there were also like complications with it as well where like he might fortunately not have been hit by something that got knocked off of a construction site but then it would hit someone else or something. Oh, I don't so like, like that. So right, yes. Yeah, so so he would have like this, like, I didn't get hit, which was really lucky, but then he would like feel guilty because he knows this power exists or something. Anyway, I didn't end up finishing the story, but as you can see, uh, I've thought about it a lot more since then, but the real person we brought it up because of Jazzy J. So my example for early on for to demonstrate how his power worked was that every single day when he got in the car to drive to work, he would tune into one of 30 different radio stations okay. because you can only often on radio shows you can only win a prize from a radio show once, once a, a month. month so he would have 30 and on, like as he would pass the time he would dial in of course he would always get through of course and whatever the game was he would always win so he'd always just win something on the way to work color nine yeah so the radio show he was listening to that day was jazzy J, and the game was that he would he would have a word that was really obscure and he would provide you with two definitions to the word and you had to say which was the correct one okay and he carl would have this internal dilemma of wondering whether he would guess correctly the word or if he could in a way choose the meaning of the word because oh fascinating right, because no because, matter what he's gonna get it because right. he's gonna win so, so it's like it, even if he knew the perceived wrong answer it would be right and therefore his answer is right, right. yeah interesting so that was that was uh that was jazzy jay's game which of course he wins jazzy and then he jay. wins concert tickets who 
the girl at the office is a fan of it, and that's how he asks her out because she's like, "I heard you on the radio. See how it all works together? It's I amazing." S- you, I really don't think that creative writing was your bag. <laughs> this was. I, you think no? Give it up? No, I think that was amazing. <laughs> I loved it so much. Goodness me, the amount of lore, Jazzy J. I know the thirty day rule. That's amazing. And there's thirty radio stations. He must live in a highly metropolitan. He, yeah, area. he lived in like a metropolitan area where you'd have way more than thirty stations to choose from. Right, right. So he'd have to choose, but it, you know, he was pretty happy. Because he was like, ooh, because he listens to a different radio station every day. So he doesn't like all of them. He oh, just cool. had yeah. like his, but he liked Jazzy Day. I was like, oh, this is a good one. Fun. So did you ever think that your role, you the writer, like that's that was your cameo? Like like you were Jazzy J? No, I didn't think of it. I didn't think of myself as being Jazzy J at all. I didn't even think of, I thought I think I thought of him as being a black guy, honestly. I don't know why, but huh. he didn't huh. really have much of an in-book presence. <laughs> well, he does, though. Now he does. Now Surely he does. Now, apparently, now I've adopted the moniker. Yeah, you have. As the host of this show, as to be determined by Patreon. We should say it's a, just patreon.com slash popcorn culture. I believe so. It's yeah. going to be in the we show notes. We should mention that. <laughs> we should mention that's how you can get to it. Yeah, yeah. it'll be in the show notes no matter what. Yeah. Um, but that is that is super that is super fascinating. You you have told me bits and pieces about Carl before. Mm. I don't know that you've ever delivered me that much of the narrative. Well, has I, it has it ex- expounded? Is that a word? I ex- think. Expounded. Well, so I remember writing it in class, and you had to write like five pages or whatever, and that was like what it was. And then this was always the daunting part of creative writing classes: is that you have to give it to the rest of the class to read and then you'll like sit in circles and critique it with each other Ooh. of course you'll critique other people's as well but that was always the scary part so like i got into a part in the story where i didn't quite know like where, where to go next and it wasn't like i was gonna have to finish it so i was like but i don't know people liked the premise they thought it was i guess fun no i think it's a yeah. super fun premise yeah that's yeah. it's it's an incredibly interesting thought to imagine because with those things, you know, it's like when when you do win a radio contest, it is like the most exciting thing. But like, not for Carl. But not for Carl. Not yeah. for Carl. Because just, because he always wins. He's just passing the time. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I think I think what I was suffering from was trying to work in as many examples of like why this would be a bad thing for him, like that unlucky things would happen to people around him because he was around okay and like i was trying to work all that into a very short amount of time and i've heard this before or like specifically like when because we talk about harry potter a lot that the hardest chapter for her for like jk rowling to write is the was the first chapter she wrote we wrote it like 50 times right because it's hard to not cram in the whole story into the first chapter it's so hard yeah Yeah. because you you my fear i think as a like as someone who would like aspire to write a book Mm -hmm. would be the idea of the like your retention rate like on youtube like yeah. how long does somebody stay on your video right uh, it's almost like the if i bury the really interesting bits of the book too far into the back what if nobody ever gets there right exactly like what if they put the book down and decide it wasn't worth it and it's like no the twist at the end is amazing exactly oh uh, so you want them you, yeah you you have to have patience as a writer yeah that's ooh. patience as a writer man that's a good one yeah that's a good one yeah man well so that you can get there so interestingly i'm gonna tell I'm going to tell a story. You're going to tell a story? Uh, Yeah, I'm going to tell a serious story because because it goes back to, uh, actually, interestingly, a writing class of mine. Yeah. uh, And probably like one of the worst experiences of my entire life. Uh, You know what this story is. Okay. This isn't like a college story. This, well, this was, this was um, my very first class when I got to Radford University where I went to school. 
Do I know this story? Yeah, I don't. You you will know the story that I'm going to tell. You don't know the the lead up bit to it, but okay. you you prompted me, and I've debated on talking about this on the pop before because mm-hmm. it's it's like one of like the Ben Carlin low moments of my life. Oh no! Thanks. You don't want to talk yeah, about? I think so. Okay. Okay. So uh, interestingly, it, my very first class that I ever took. Um, was a writing class and it was like my 9 a.m. class on my first day and they gave you like this prompt to uh, talk about like something. I, I forget exactly what the prompt was, but it was like you, you were supposed to like try to like put as like much emotion into a piece as you could. Mm-hmm. And um, so and then the next day or whatever, the Friday after the Monday it was due, uh, he sits down and then he immediately asks you to take your piece of paper and hand it to the person at the desk next, next to you. Oh. And then they were going to read your paper. Oh, great. Mine was about the time I had to go to jail. Oh, I do not. This is not the story I thought you were going to tell, but I am familiar with this. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Man. I know. And this was like one of those things where it was like, it happened, um so shortly before I went to college that it was like just this thing that was like so weighing heavily on my mind. And it was like, I had like such a, such a traumatic experience would be overstating it, but like such a, a, like experience with it Mm -hmm. that this was a strange moment in my life where I had never really regarded myself as a particularly good writer, but like my professor literally asked me to like come and talk to him in his office because he thought that it was like such a good piece of writing. Oh, and because I mean, this is such a, like a, probably a very raw story. It was, Yeah. yeah, it was for sure. Um, and so, so yeah, the, the story, the story going back, um, we in high school were not exactly your classic party type of people. Well, I'll just preface this and just like, so people don't get the wrong idea. This is not like a severe act of criminal behavior or something. This no, is like a no. weird, hilarious, almost, almost comical at this point story, it, it, despite the, the sad part is that you ended up in a, just a bad spot. <laughs> in a bad spot. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, that's the thing. Yeah. This was, this was not like a, like absurd, reckless. Yeah. Like, like Jay said, it wasn't like absurd criminal behavior it was just wrong place wrong time really uh kind of like a tough forest service gentleman (laughs) (laughs) as a setup to it but so in high school we're not like your your classic like go to a party when parents are out of town type of thing but what we would do most frequently is go camping right like i would say that there were summer months um in our high school years especially towards the end of our high school years where literally doing no other wrong behavior other than maybe being like in a place in the woods that like we didn't own. Sure. Um, we weren't really doing anything wrong. We were just going camping probably more nights of the summer than we were like just at home. I suppose. Yeah. I mean, we, uh, I think this was like our way of just, uh, I don't know, our, uh, not rebellion's probably the wrong word, but just our way of hanging out with our friends yes. all the time. But we were like interested in going camping for the sake of camping largely. Yeah. yeah. Like I think, yeah. I think growing up, that was like something like when, when, when we knew how to camping trip coming up, that was like the thing. Like I was so excited yeah. to go camping. Um, so then I think as I got older, it was just like, now oh, I can go on my own. I'm going to do it all the time when camping because that's what Ben Carlin does is, is usually once I figure out I like something it's like how do I make sure I can always do it yeah um, but so anyway, in high school, I had this Isuzu Trooper, yeah. which I named Sue. Yeah. Isuzu. Yeah. Hey, right. I was really clever. I yeah. should have also been in more creative writing classes, <laughs> apparently. Like we had a, that's how like everyone's car was sort of a, uh, a pun on the brand it was. Was it? Was it? Cause Did, Tyler had like Ronda the Honda. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Right. And we had one of our friends had like.
like a, a Jeep Liberty and it was like Bert. It was Bert because Liberty. Liberty. Um, we had another friend. He drove, I think it was just a Neo. It, it, it was a Dodge Neon. It was a Dodge, was, Neon, was a Dodge it, Neon. Yeah, we called, we it, called Neo. it Neo. Okay, that's, I was like, is that a car? A Neo? That doesn't sound right. It was a Dodge Neon and we called it Neo. So yeah, yeah. this was a thing. <laughs> this was a thing. But so I, I had the one and this was like a completely stock car. This was like a, like a car that our dad had bought new. And then like by the time I could drive, it was like 12 years old or something. So yeah. it was like, it was my hand-me-down, my first car. And we found out pretty quickly that it could pretty much go anywhere. Um, hey, in, I think in our minds, like this car has four-wheel drive. That means it's invincible and we can use and should use four-wheel drive. As much as, as humanly much as possible. possible. Yeah. Whereas most, I think, floor model uh, four-wheel drives are for are typically for, hey, you're in a bad situation. Good news. We've got four-wheel drive. Right, right. In our, in our minds, it was like four-wheel drive. Let's take this thing off-roading, Oh, which is not the intended use. <laughs> not the intended use, but exactly how we used it. Yep. And it was the type of thing uh, where, like, I remember so many kids we went to high school with in, like, you know, Southwest Virginia had, like, lifted Jeeps and stuff like There's that. There's always like, those kids with the rich parents who just, they have, <laughs> you're like, man, now your car is suited for off-roading. Right. And yet they would probably never use it anywhere nearly as aggressively as I used mine. Exactly. But right. like, whatever. Right. So... But the one thing that I know that, that it did have is these skid plates so that like if you were to like hit a rock, it was yeah. like, you know, like like heavy gauge steel so yeah. that you weren't like, you know, like mess up the bottom of the Real car. We used it. There were so many dents in it. It was like, <laughs> like we, I, there were probably times where we got like air, you know, and like landed on a rock that was pointed up at exactly the wrong spot. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we should post a picture of you and Sue on the patreon oh we should we, we should that's where it'll be this is there the kind go. of stuff we can put see this is the other thing is we need a, a place to put all the stuff we talk about for sure that people can go see pictures or examples or whatever as videos. a as a steady feed so that in addition to choosing the host if you choose to support us on patreon you will get access to the like exclusive patreon feed where we can just post this stuff and you can see it more clearly spectacular plug yeah, be sure to go. be sure to vote for buzzy b yeah yeah but that, don't but actually jazzy j <laughs> Oh my God. Good, good plug. Good plug. Um, <laughs> so anyway, uh, we were out, we were out camping, uh, once upon a time and it was like the week before my high school graduation. So mm -hmm. basically at this point in time, I'm like, I'm done with exams. I'm pretty much just coasting like, you know, into the summer. This is like the first summer of like my, uh, teenage life where I'm not going to have like cross country practice oh, every wow. single day through the whole summer. Wow. It's like freedom is so close. I can like taste it. I'm like, I know where I'm going to school. I've already got my roommates lined up. Like everything about it. Like I'm, I'm so, like, I'm peak confidence. Yeah. Oh, everything. You know, you know how that goes on the show. Oh, you know, exactly. Your flies down immediately. Yeah. And let me tell you guys, my fly was down. I mean, you might not have even been wearing pants. Might not have even been wearing pants. Um, so basically we're getting, we're getting ready to leave in the morning and from there's a camping trip from the camping trip in the woods, in, in the, the woods, park. in a national park. You're actually not there for this. I'm trip. not, I wasn't here, but I've heard it. Yeah. You've heard it. You've I want to make sure people understand. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Set yeah. the scene. Set, set the, the scene. scene. Yeah. So we're going through, we're cleaning up all this stuff The the, the, uh, high school version of me and my friends, at least the group of guys I was with, there was alcohol there, but I can tell you that I was not drinking. Mm -hmm. Um, but the getting ready to leave as we're packing up, there was definitely this air of like, we're underage kids and we're getting ready to leave and nobody really wants to like 
have it have the like alcohol be in their car right and so we literally flipped a coin and it was just sort of like it was either going in my friend's Xterra or it was going in my car. Right. And so we load everything up. We put it in there. We just sort of like shove it under some sleeping bags in the back or whatever. And it's like, well, whatever. We'll just we'll just get out of here. Um, and as we're going to leave, my our friend Mike uh, climbs on top of Sue, which was like more than it should have been a semi-common practice when we were off-roading. Now, you, you, he climbed on top, not you're about to leave and he's on top. You're moving. No, I mean, I think he would have climbed on top before the car started moving. But remained on top. But remained on okay. top of the car. So it would be like <clears throat> being in somebody's truck bed, except instead of being in a truck bed, it was just like holding on to my ski rack. Yeah. Up on top. On the roof. On the roof. As you drive through the woods. As you drive through the woods. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is not like a like a public. Yeah. It's not like a public road. Right. So to speak. As we're going out, we're, we're on honestly going like a pretty steady crawl no big deal uh and off to the left is this like big suv that's kind of like parked in like an offshoot thing and we sort of go by actually wave at it because i'm just sort of like hey good morning it's sunday you know we're we just got up we're all camping we had a you know good time well this gentleman this gentleman park ranger park ranger (laughs) He immediately, of course, sees my friend Mike on top of the on top of the car and comes like, you know, running after us, physically right. running, not oh. like not like, you know, in his vehicle. Right. And flagging us down. So of course I stop and Mike immediately like shoots in to the side window and we're like, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Here we go. Um and so the guy comes over and I'm like like everything I've ever been taught is to just be as polite as humanly possible to in any circumstances where you've ever been pulled over. It's just like, like do not, do not be argumentative. Like they have total cause for this situation. Yes, sir. No, sir. Like all, all this stuff. Right. Um, And also let me, let me set the scene a little bit here because it doesn't look great. Um, But I, my, my car, I had actually gone through and like gutted the stereo out of it to put it into a different vehicle. So as you walk up to this like old rickety Isuzu Trooper that like probably has steam slightly coming out from underneath the hood from, you know, overheating or whatever sure. might've been the case. I mean, it just, it had a myriad of problems. Also in the middle of my dashboard is just like an open socket where the stereo used to be. But on top of that, I had like a Bluetooth speaker that was plugged into an iPod that was then plugged into an AC adapter and then like, you know, plugged in with a plug. So you took out the actual speakers and then Jerry rigged new ones. Yes. So you didn't, so you weren't left completely musicless. Musicless. Exactly. You could so tune into Jazzy J. <laughs> Jazzy J. Maybe if it had a radio yeah, pickup. I guess maybe not. Probably not in these woods. I think it was literally. Maybe like you an... downloaded his podcast and were listening to it. That's it. Because <laughs> Jazzy J had a podcast exactly. back in 2000. 2008. Um, so it doesn't look super good. It had this like super long hair at the time. Like I, I have to imagine what this park ranger was seeing uh, versus the way that I saw myself looking out of it, where it was like, right. largely, I pretty much saw myself as nothing more than a pretty careless kid. Right. You know, not like some hooligan who was like hoodwinking anything or anybody. Right. Um, but there we were. And so he immediately gives me a ticket for uh, reckless driving for having somebody riding on top of my vehicle. And on top of that, he's like, OK, so do you guys have any like drugs or alcohol on you? And I was like, well, 
yeah, I have alcohol in the back. Just like, I just told him. Yeah. You know, straight up. So he goes back there. He starts pulling all of our stuff out. Like, you know how our old red sleeping bags, uh, like, were these, like, really slippery, like, nylon material? Yeah. You were, like, with, like, shoestring tie them, like, after you I, rolled them up? Yes. Okay. Well, if you grab the middle of it, it, like, unfolds like a, like a bad cinnamon roll. Oh, yeah. I know what you mean. So they're, right. like, they're like spooled up nice in the back. And he goes and, like, grabs right in the middle of both of them. And just, like, unspools our sleeping bags onto the ground. Uh, and then, of course, finds the alcohol. So he comes over and he's like, okay, so I'll give you guys the option because those are two cars. He's like, either all, like, nine of you can get a possession charge or one of you can just, like, take it for everyone else mm. and for whatever reason in my mind i was like well i was already in trouble i was like i'll just i was like i'll take it just just you know just like give me the charge and i'll say that they were mine and so no one else gets in any trouble at all mm. and i roll away from the situation with an alcohol possession charge which, which, didn't which i didn't drink <laughs> and a reckless driving ticket um and so fortunately, this has always been the thing that I felt like was my my huge shaving grace in this situation is that I didn't get like arrested because That's true. I think that like if they had put me in handcuffs, I would have started crying. Oh, like no le- doubt. Legitimate. I, I would have not held it together in any way, shape or form. Um, so anyway, ultimately, I had to I went I went to like my high school graduation the next week where they're talking about how like your future is so bright and we're all so proud of you. And wow. I'm sitting there like, I not my future, not my future. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, the worst. So wow. ultimately a couple weeks after that, I have to go to court. They tell me that I have to go and spend a weekend in jail, which I, <laughs> then I did cry. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, and actually, I think... What we ha- severe punishment. I know, I know. The other thing is, is too, you know, like senior week, like after high school, you would go to senior week and it's like where a whole bunch of high school students go down and spend a week at the beach. I didn't even go to that. Like, I made a deal with mom and dad if they would take me snorkeling so I could try to collect like marine fish in the Florida Keys, <laughs> that I would not go to senior week. And there I am, like the only person out of anyone I know who has gotten in this much trouble. And... Uh, Oh, man. It was it was just the worst. So it's so yeah because you like amongst you like trying to make all these like safer decisions that are like way more straight edge and way more law abiding. Like have this nice like you're giving up your senior beach week to go on a family trip. Like not you and your friends are going to go to the Florida Keys. Yeah, we it's drove just, mom and yeah. mom and dad drove the minivan with my From two Virginia brothers. Yeah, to the Florida Keys, which. If you don't know, that means all the way to the end of Florida and then a little more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Florida's a long state. Florida's a long state. And the Florida Keys, like, if you want to see mile zero, this is where the interstate starts. That's where it is. That's where it's it is. In the Keys. We went there. Yeah. yeah. So that was that was my that was my grand adventure. And yeah. then and then after that. Mm. I had to go home and go to jail for a weekend. (laughs) I'm sure it was so easy to enjoy. So wait, then what I remember mostly about the Hortiz was that we all got horrible sunburns. Oh, uh, the worst sunburns. Yeah, the worst. Because we we snorkeled the whole time. Yeah. Like the whole time we were down there. So our backs were just like facing the sky for like five days. That's the thing about snorkeling. Half your body is just right above the water. Yeah. 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 So chronic sunburn. Yeah, real bad. Real bad, real bad. Um, 
But yeah, so so I get back and I have to go and get checked in. And sure enough, like as I'm getting checked in, the guard is one of my like customers, my frequent customers at my at my aquarium store that I own. So I was like, hey, and I, they felt so bad for me. I, I could tell it was I just bet. like, I, I think they could see just the the pure fear on my face. Mm. So they check me into like my, so if you're there like for 48 hours, they never actually put you into like gen pop air quotes. I don't even know if that's what it's called. But I was in I was in a cell by myself the whole time. I think Gen Pop general population is like a prison thing. Okay, so definitely was never headed yeah. there. Not even close. Not even close. <laughs> <laughs> they never put me in the community room, <laughs> the yeah. caterpillar room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so I get in there though, and I think it's like you know I'm getting checked in at like seven o'clock. By the time we go through all this stuff, it's like nine o'clock, and they're like, okay, lights will be out like at eleven. So I go in, and I'm like, okay, like I'm just gonna try to like wear myself out. So I just do like push ups and sit ups, and like I throw toilet paper, like you know, like the roll of toilet paper, like at the ceiling, just over and over, catching it. Yeah. Trying to do all this stuff, and I'm like, man, how has it not been two hours? Yeah. Like the lights are still not off, and I'm like, I don't know what is going. It's like <laughs> I'm gonna be here forever. Forever. I'm for like, if it, ever. if it hasn't been two hours yet i am screwed <laughs> and you might still be there i know i might still be there and so i'm just like i'm i'm thinking and i'm waiting and i'm pacing and i'm trying to do all this stuff and the lights never go off and then finally someone comes over they're like we're so sorry the light didn't go off <laughs> <laughs> there's like no clock obviously in there so they're like yeah, why gonna... obviously why isn't there a clock i don't know it a clock like would be there should be a clock would be so nice Something to stare at <laughs> i'm not gonna i yeah, it would be like a video game having a clock. It's like, yeah. wow, look at, the, look at the action on that thing. Or maybe it would be torture, though. You'd be like, has it been five minutes yet? Oh, God, it hasn't. It hasn't. When was the last time I looked? Yeah, that would be the game. How long could I go without looking? Yeah, that would, that's exactly yeah. what it would be. Um, and so f they finally take me out where there is a clock, and it's four in the morning. Mm. And so the good news was it had been much longer than I had thought. The bad news was I had literally just been pacing around and doing push-ups. Until four in the morning. Guess you didn't sleep. I, I could not sleep. <laughs> the lights sleep. were on. The whole time, the whole time, yeah, the lights were on. The whole time I was there, I think I slept for a grand total of four hours. Um, I did read two entire books yeah, end to end. It. So that was good. I gave the guard some advice on their convict cichlids. Convict cichlids? Convict cichlids. How appropriate. I did not even realize it until I'm telling this story <laughs> that that's what they had. You think it was a joke? You think she was Dude, screwing with me? it might have been. I have literally never thought about that. That's a truth. That's a real fish. A convict the cichlid. They're mean. They're mean. Yeah. South American. Um, but wow. I hope they weren't. Oh, that'd be so funny if they were. If that's what it was that's the whole time. Was. I mean, did you know them to have cichlids? Because you owned a saltwater aquarium store, and that would be freshwater. Am I, I right? No, we did have some some oh, freshwater okay. stuff, just not much. And we sold supplies <clears throat> as well, so they would have been able to come in. But yeah, no, that's... Oh my god, I never thought about that. Hopefully that's not it. So if you had not taken the blame, and he had instead spread it amongst the nine of you, would all of you had to go to jail or would it have been a lesser charge for the nine of you? That's the thing is that it was super not clear based on what happened, whether or not the jail portion of my, um, what is the right word there? Is, is it sentencing? Sentence, yeah. Okay. Um, I'm not actually sure if that was connected to the driving portion of it or mm -hmm. the possession of alcohol portion of it or mm -hmm. both. Ah. 
Um, like if it was kind of like a any one of those, it would have just been like community service and a year's probation. But right. having both of them, it was like, OK, OK, <laughs> this guy's trouble. This guy's trouble. I know. And like I go to this courtroom and, and quite literally it was is like out in the middle of nowhere because we're like on this old forest road. Right. And so I'm wearing like a button down Abercrombie shirt and i was the nicest person i was the, the nicest dressed person in the whole room right it's like I, I feel like i don't know i had a lawyer like i don't know if there's anything else that i could have done throughout this entire situation to have made it any better and i got like the absolute maximum negativity wow i know well, i'm sorry to hear that i know anyway so long story short be careful make good decisions yeah. be smart don't ride on the top of your friend's isuzu <laughs> please don't do that please don't, please do, don't that. do that yeah yeah. yeah. Or if you have someone doing that to you, maybe tell them to get down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. So anyway, I actually, I thought both of these stories would play rather nicely as we connected uh, the, the eventual topic of the pop to the coronavirus that uh. is sweeping the planet because i was in isolation you well, know at, yeah, absolutely yes it's that for two whole days two whole days and now <laughs> the worst the worst and now we're being uh forced into isolation more not forced i mean well forced by the by the virus by the virus by the, by the virus. virus flatten that curve as it were yeah so as people are listening to this well it's it's monday as we're recording it so right who's to say what's happened between now and friday but a week ago, last Monday, I would have said this wasn't a very big deal. <laughs> it it truly and, at that point in time it seemed like the the consensus of people whose opinions I would tend to follow were suggesting that I was being a bit blown out of proportion. Yeah. Like b before. And it seemed like maybe Thursday night there was the report that came out that like Tom Hanks and his wife have it and that the NBA canceled their season. And it seemed like the next morning, the world shut down. Yeah, the, just last week was this whirlwind of event after event getting canceled, of people being sent home from schools, of people staying home from work. And yeah, just the, the social distancing just slammed down last Friday. Yeah. And it's like, this is such a weird time to be alive. Beth and I were discussing this before, like wondering, is this like a world event akin to like a, like a 9-11 kind of situation like not obviously it's not like a terrorist attack or anything sure but, sure but is this the sort of thing that'll be in history books do you think I, you know it it feels like it um i mean I, I suppose maybe some of the fallout to come is still maybe would determine whether or not that ends up being the case it's it's a strange thing because i do feel like there's a a, a significant amount of like almost world cooperation that is, yeah, it's it's reminding me a lot of Mark Watney getting stuck on Mars. Yeah, I, I have also thought about that. So that's yeah. from that's from the book or movie The Martian, where there's sort of this whole idea that like one person is found alive on Mars, and and it's kind of like technically we can save that one person. Yeah, but like how many people are going to have to put in how much work and how many, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars right. in order to make it possible right. to and do that. They, they need international cooperation from these people, this country's space station and this country's space station. and Right. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, and I think in the book, like the Chinese have their own rocket that they've developed for whatever, you know, purpose. And like they literally give up all of the years of research that went into using or to developing that rocket in order to go and like help. Yeah this single cause so it is interesting to see like this like whole like world unity coming together over the coronavirus of course world unity means staying away from everybody <laughs> exactly yeah right yeah, so, yeah. that's how we do it best in the in this century popcorn culture is sponsored by shopify 
y'all are likely aware of the fact that we have our very own Shopify store, Carlin Brothers Mercantile. And it's hard to imagine not having it now, but arriving at the decision to open our own web store was a big one. In fact, we started our journey on the interweb back in 2012 and didn't finally open up shop until 2018. And a huge part of that is just not knowing where to start, but that's where Shopify steps in. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, which is a fancy way of saying it's a really easy and effective way to start an online business, no matter if you're operating out of your garage or have like a whole building or three or something. Once we were set up, our biggest concern was trying a new product only to discover no one was interested in it. But Shopify is powered with so many reports, more than you can even imagine. And this is so handy because it allows us to use data to better provide what folks are actually interested in. It's so easy to use, but even if you do find yourself caught in a jam, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash pop pop. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash pop pop now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash pop pop. Popcorn Culture is supported by Arena Club. Okay, so you guys know that I love trading card games and that me and Ben are big time collectors of Pokemon cards. You know, it's that childhood fantasy of finally being able to use adult money to buy those highly coveted rares of our youth. And like, even in our office, we have not one, but two full display cases with some of our all time favorite rarest cards that we've pulled. But something I did not know existed when I was a kid in my youth was the grading process for trading cards or sports cards or whatever you're collecting. You know, to me, it was just like a rare Charizard is a rare Charizard. Like it doesn't, doesn't matter if it's been hanging out in my pocket with my lucky paper clip. Turns out it does matter and kind of a lot because if you get your cards professionally graded, it can add huge value. And then not only that, but once they're graded, they will like seal them in that pristine condition inside of a plastic case or what's known in the industry as a slab. And that's where Arena Club steps in because it's like buying a booster pack, but it's for a pre-graded card. Now, I know that can take like maybe a second to wrap your head around because you're opening physical cards on a digital platform, which means you open the pack online and see your polls where they can be added to your showroom for the world to see. But you can also request them to be sent to you at any time. So they have got a ton of pre-graded cards and then you will get to randomly open one and then they'll keep it for you or they can send it to you or you can just like sell it or trade it online or whatever you want to do. But whether you're buying, selling, trading or or displaying arena club is the card collecting platform you have got to check out and right now you can get 10 percent off your first purchase by going to arena club.com slash pop pop which wow that is a crazy offer 10 percent off a 400 slab pack that's like 40 dollars right there anyway that's arena club.com slash pop pop for 10 percent off your first purchase But okay, so coronavirus, social distancing, is there anything that like where you see it as like a little bit of an opportunity for yourself, like at home where if you're like, I'm going to be stuck here, how do you use that time? Is there like, is there like a new skill you would try to learn? Is there a project you would try to finally finish? Like, like what would you do? This I keep, okay, this is going to sound 
really weird, but I keep having this frustration with the quarantine that I, that like, I, it's like, I wish, it's like, I obviously don't wish this was happening at all. Right. But like, this is the kind of thing, like if I was in high school right now, I can tell you, I'd be like, this is awesome. <laughs> oh, like, because you'd like be out of school yeah, for you'd be two out of weeks for two or right. three weeks or something with like nothing to do. And I'm like, in the meantime, I'm over here, and as an adult, it's like, I feel like this frustration that I can't, this sounds so weird, like, I can't enjoy the quarantine by, like, working on something, or be productive or something. Right. Because, in the meantime, I still have two twins in the NICU, we still have to take care of Luke, and all that. Um, so, like, being at home still just means mostly taking care of Luke. And the the thing that's really more dangerous, or not, I mean, yeah, I guess dangerous, but that is more concerning specifically to me about the coronavirus is that we have um, the twins in the NICU still. Right. And it's, I guess it sounds like what it attacks is like respiratory stuff like right. if you get it so the i mean the th the main thing with premature babies is that they're like largely developing their lungs still. right right like that's like the last thing they develop in the womb so that's the thing that they're still working on which means they're like you know the worst people who could get it right so but then you go back and forth and you're like oh man but at least they're at the hospital and they're like stopping but then you're like but then they're at the hospital so if they're sick people like that's where you know right right <laughs> yeah it's like your your brain is doing this like tennis match yeah, of like exactly it's like, like well that's good but that's bad that's, yeah. that's good yeah there's they have security measures and it's like when people are getting through i got through i don't know you know um so but i will say if you go over to the hospital right now they've started limiting it to one guest per patient, which is not one guest at a time per patient. It is, if you are at the hospital, you are allowed one specific guest. Oh, wow. Right. So, you know, if you're there for another two weeks or something and, you know, your mom is your specific guest, she is the only one who can come visit you. So is it the case that like Nick and Nate have you and Beth well, respectively? There, so I was like, <laughs> I was sort of laughing and I was like, well, the good news is we have twins. So if they try and pull that out, we can be like, you'll be for Nate and I'll be for Nick. And, you know, but uh, for Nick, you, they, it's the, the specification is only parents. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's good. That's yeah. good. <clears throat> so that's good. So we've been able to go. So we went over this, this weekend a couple of times, saw them. That was great. I got to hold both of them at the same time for the first time. Hey, howdy. Hey, how was that? was it crazy it it was it was like it's fairly magical you're like oh my god because what's cool i mean they haven't even had much contact with each other right you know at all so it's pretty cool i i don't i don't know but i like to think there's like an intangible connection between them and that they do recognize each other even though they're largely unaware of everything yeah no i can <clears> see that though i mean they they have spent basically their entire existence in yeah. immediate proximity with one another I know. so it feels like it feels like kind of going back to that like resonance frequency. It seems like that yeah. they, they must just have like they must have some recognition because ah oh, that's that to me is the most heartbreaking thing is that they've been together the whole time and immediately the very first thing that happens as soon as they're born is they're separated. Right, like, right. The only thing they know is taken away from them, and that's that makes me sad. But you know, then you you have this yeah tennis match. Like, they don't even know. They're just you know they're unaware of everything. The poor little the dudes. poor little things. But you're like no. But then I think about like Luke, my son. He picks up on so much stuff, even when you don't think he's paying attention. Right, All right. Of a sudden, like his comprehension level feels very high. Like I can tell him stuff, and he can go do it, and he'll understand it. He can't always tell me everything, but I know he understands a lot more than he can verbalize back to me. Right, which is crazy. Yeah. So I was like, I don't even know. Sometimes it'll be stuff you're not even, you know, it'll be from weeks ago. You haven't said it in a while, and all of a sudden he'll be like, Yeah, I got this. Or you don't even think he's picking. Like we have a um, this like hardback book 
like one of those baby books. Right. That Beth made where she put uh, pictures of all of our different family members through it. So like one page is me and Beth and Luke and one page is you and Alice and one Aww. page is Tyler and Emily and Olivia. But so the very back of it, the last couple pages are our grandparents who Luke has mm, met two or three times and certainly not since he was two. Sure. Or anything. But we'll still flip through the page and be like, oh, look, that's Grandma Jane and that's Grandpa Len. And, you know, not since he doesn't, he's not exposed to them on any sort of daily basis or at all. Right. They live very far away. Uh, I don't really expect him to know them or recognize them. But we flipped it over to a page the other day and he's just like, Grandma Jane. And I was like, what? Uh, like, you like, know? Like, not only do you recognize her, but you know her name. But it's right. Like, that's, that is impressive. That is. That's, that's super impressive. <clears throat> yeah. Well, that's interesting, though, because one of the things I've always thought about is, like, <gasps> super cliche phrases. Yeah. Like, it's not you. It's me. It's, like, I feel like that's one of those cliche phrases that, like, I knew it was a cliche the very first time I ever heard it. Mm -hmm. And it, it's one of the – I think back about this when I was a little kid. I think even as a little kid, I thought about this. Right. Um, but it was, like, when did I hear between the ages of, like, one in five years old this phrase mm -hmm. so commonly that, like, by the time that, like, I, I am comprehending the context of the sentence – that I already know at that point in time that it's a cliche. Hmm. Like, is that like part of an inflection based delivery where I it's think like, it's like context clues. Like you can just sort of tell. Right. Yeah. But it's like, I, I never at any point in time remember not remembering or not knowing, like, I don't remember learning it for the first time. Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting to me to hear that he's like comprehending all this stuff because he's probably still right on that verge of like, not going to have memories of the things that are happening now. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's interesting to me to think, like, what does that mean in terms of, like, is there a possibility that he could be, like, being exposed to these types of cliche phrases? Right. And he knows they're cliches because he's heard them in a way, in like... A way, yeah. Right. You're unaware that he's right. picking up on. Right. This is this is a thing I do all the time. I'll, like, talk to him and he'll, he'll, he'll say something or he'll do something and then I'll want to tell Beth about it. And I'll just, like, turn to her and be like, oh, he just did this whole thing. And I'm like, as if he can't hear me talking to her now about him. Oh, right. You know, right, and I'm right, like, yeah. certainly he must still be paying attention. Oh, okay, so this is a thing. Do you, I don't, I wonder if you have any phrases like this that have permeated as so true in your brain you don't know like uh, sometimes like oh it's not you it's me or something you know that's a phrase where it basically it's just like a breakup phrase right but like so it's so cliche but like are there times it is true or does it always uh, anyway let me give you my example okay my example is like is it okay for the cliche to be true is that right is that yes. your question is it okay, okay for the cliche to be true or are some of these things or is it just not true sometimes so one of these little rules of sayings like this that i heard that i feel like has infected my brain very deeply is Anything you say before the word but doesn't count. Oh, in, yeah. You know? And if you start... I'm sorry I've even said this on the podcast because if you haven't... The pop, sorry. If you haven't heard that before and you internalize it, now it's really going to stand out. This is something I can't, I can't not hear it anymore. Sure. And it is when I hear other people talk. So this happens a lot, especially if, you watch, if you're like watching a lot of like a reality TV, like... It's something's on The Bachelor. It I'll does. I, I was going to say, yeah. just get there. Just get there. <laughs> it's The Bachelor. It happens on The Bachelor all the time where they'll be talking to someone. They're like, oh, you're such a great person and I really connected with you. But and it's like, yeah, everything before that didn't count. You know, it, it's like, yeah. And, and I hate uh, those type of like build up moments. I do think that's a thing that I like learned growing up in relationships and stuff like where. I feel like I, I realized when those moments were happening. And I think even myself, like when, if I knew I was going to have to go and 
like deliver, you know, bad news or, you know, break it off with somebody. Mm-hmm. It was like, I'm not, I'm not going to start with this big, long drawn this, out. Like yeah. these are all the good things about you because it's not going to soften the blow at all. Right. Um, but, I, I, oh, go ahead. So but that's the thing is, does it like in my mind everyone just knows this and so saying it is just rude you know to say all the stuff ahead of time and then say but is just like yeah but we all know that everything you said before but doesn't count so that was just like it's just like ridiculous like why why even bother well i don't know that it doesn't count because it's like i think that you can mean the things that you say before Mm -hmm. you get to the but like you can like truly say like we had like such a great connection and like all this stuff and especially on the bachelor you know like where they're forced to break up with a bunch of people it's like it's it's fairly inevitable anyway they could they could really like somebody and be like well but i still have to pick this other person um but see but yeah. i don't i don't think everything before that but doesn't count i still think that's part of my point yeah. maybe i don't know where am i going with this come on brain get oh, back on track get back on track so i think that you can mean all of the stuff that you say leading up to it but the overall implications of everything that's going to come away from that conversation is what comes after the but so right. if you're if you're if there is a butt somewhere in there, then everything else that really matters uh, and, and the way that you're going to be impacted by the conversation is going to exist post butt, mm-hmm. not pre butt. Right. Um, and so <laughs> it's those are the types of things where probably with time, mm-hmm. the pre butt information can ultimately like mean a lot more to you. Oh, that's like something to hold on to. Yeah, it, it can mm-hmm. be something to hold on to. Or I think it could even be like if you're if you're going through the process of breaking up with somebody and and you are talking about like their strengths in a relationship but there are these reasons why it's not going to work out like that type of information can still be true and they can still be something that like the the person who is being broken up with may or may not you know digest and and take away with them Mm -hmm. um in terms of like you know hey like you you're so good at these things and you're so thoughtful and like i really Mm. appreciate how you remember my birthday so you think it is still an effective way to communicate something to say things but other things I, i think that it it can be i mean it probably depends largely a lot on the person who is talking and to what extent they are able to compartmentalize the two ideas, which is attempting to uh, leave the person with all of these positive thoughts that you have like thought out mm-hmm. um, versus the ultimate intention of the conversation. And I say that because like, if you're going into a conversation in order to, to I'm, I'm using break up with somebody. I don't know that it has to be that. Um, but if you're going in a conversation to break up with somebody, it's hard for that not to be like the big speech bubble inside of your brain. Mm-hmm. Like that's the one that's taken up all the space. Right. So what is, what is your ability inside of your, your headspace to have two speech bubbles and be like, make sure you have all like the proper departing words and the good stuff mm-hmm. and the things you so appreciated about that person and then also make sure then to transition into the actual objective of the conversation Mm. because i do think in order for it to be successful those two things need to be effectively compartmentalized you have to execute two two separate portions of communication inside of one conversation well you do and it's and it's split by the butt yeah i think the butt crack if you will That's the that's the point of conversation. The crack between <laughs> the the crack between is the butt <laughs> is the butt. Oh my gosh! Between positive and negative, there's a there's a crack, and it's the word butt. <laughs> My problem is that I treat this rule as so definite in my brain that when I'm trying to communicate information like this that needs a butt, <laughs> a butt crack, it needs a butt crack. <laughs> 
<laughs> People are not going to keep listening. <laughs> that I will, I think, even though it, maybe it's an effective form of communication, I, my brain will try and come up with a thousand other ways to present the information so that I don't have to be, so that I don't have to use the word but. Because I'm like, if I say but, all this stuff I do mean isn't going to count anymore. And they're going to know that. Like, it's, it's, you Oh, know, interesting. Like, you almost take it so seriously. Yeah. That it, like, it, like, chicken arms you a little bit. Like, yeah. Like, it, it holds one arm behind your back yes. as you're attempting to communicate the idea. I don't think you should let that happen. Right. Um, I can, I can butt crack people. Yeah, you can, you can, <laughs> you can butt crack people. Oh, God. We got to rephrase that. <laughs> no, I think it lives on forever. <laughs> Um, people, I'm losing all my host J votes. Oh, uh, that's good. That's good. That's good. Uh, or is it? What, what was my name? Buzzy B? <laughs> <laughs> Buzzy B and Jazzy J. Buzzy B. <laughs> um, oh, man, that's interesting. So how frequently are do you feel like this comes up? Like, are you regularly having to have such a split speech bubble kind of communication where you're trying to communicate both, like, positive and... I think it comes up if, if ever someone says something and I want to that I disagree with like oh this is like if someone has an idea or just like a, oh we should go do this instead or something it's like I have a, a reason I don't want to I don't want to be like no 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 that's a good idea but or you know I, I don't know I find like I I don't have good ways of communicating my disagreement about things oh sure sure no I know what you mean and that this has been like a very recent discovery of mine is that I think more than I maybe ever realized I have like a big time people pleaser uh, attitude. Who, you? You knew this ben about Garland? me. It's so funny how things can be so obvious to people on the outside, but to you, it's not. Right, I but, do. But yeah. th this has like been the most recent way that I've been able to articulate because th I've had this situation recently where I have had um, a small handful of interactions where somebody has asked me a question where there is no good way for me to answer it. Like I either have to like either come across as potentially a bit abrupt or else rude or I have to agree to whatever they're saying and then endure right. what follows. Either you have to do something you don't want to do or you have to be mean to them. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So Because it's like, they asked you an uncomfortable question. Right. It's like yeah. you, you've put me into a no-win situation here where I where, where there's like there's nothing good I can do. Mm -hmm. And I have found that probably for most of my life, uh, I have responded to this where if somebody just asked me a question where, where I was in this position, almost always what I was just doing was just agreeing to it mm -hmm. and I would just be like well I'm just gonna have to figure out how to deal with this later right um because they asked me and I didn't want to say no uh even though I really wanted to say no but like right. I think in in a large sense usually what I felt is that the pain of me having to endure whatever's about to come isn't as bad as my sense of making somebody feel bad by saying no right like you'd rather endure the thing than feel guilty exactly about saying no exactly Exactly. Yeah, but it, Which, but it it really is like a no-win situation in my mind. Yeah, and it just depends on what the thing is. I mean, if it's helping a friend with a favor, that's one thing and it's, you know, Maybe it's uncomfortable for you, but whatever. Now they owe you a favor. And right. you were a nice guy. You didn't want to help them, but you did. Right. The problem is when it leaks over into like a more, uh, I don't know, 
uh, like a, I don't know, a dangerous situation, or is that probably the wrong word? Hmm. Yeah, dangerous. Dangerous feels a bit aggressive. Um, I, I think I can just tell the story that I'm thinking of. Uh, and apologies if you are this person who's listening at home. Uh, it is certainly not personal, but. We had a moment happen recently where we were getting ready to walk out of the office to go to lunch. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we work in a pretty small area, part of the world. We don't really get recognized for being on YouTube almost ever. Right. It's, it's <laughs> I would say that, like, it's maybe once a month someone would be like, hey, are you from the Super Carlin Brothers? Um, so it's not a very common thing to have happen. And therefore, we don't really have that many constructs up in order to deal with moments where maybe an inappropriate situation has arisen. Mm-hmm. And so... One day we were walking out of our office and someone like yelled my name and I turned around and they like they jog up to me and I have no idea who this person was. Right. And um, they were like, hey, I, I, I watch your YouTube channel all the time. And, you know, like they were being like super friendly, doing all this stuff, asked to take a picture. And they were like, what are you guys up to? And we were like, oh, we're like going downtown to grab some lunch. And they were like, can I come? And I was like, uh. And now you're in people pleaser mode. And now I'm in people pleaser mode. So like my mind, my mind literally goes into the situation of like, like my, my genuine reaction to that is like, that doesn't feel very appropriate. Right. Um, and I think that like part of the problem is that the ball was already rolling in a generally positive way mm-hmm. where it was kind of like, Hey, how are you? Nice to meet you. Thank you for watching the channel. Like all the stuff. We took a picture, <laughs> all the, you know, all these things. And then it's like the last thing you want to do is pop their balloon. Right. And like leave them in that situation. But I also feel like it's like I, I, you put me in a position where I either have to do that or I have to let you come to lunch with us. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that has been like the most recent one where it was like, oh my gosh, like I don't know what to do here. Right. Um, so does that ever happen to you or would you have just said no? The, the only thing that has ever happened to me like that was when I had to switch over my Instagram account or like, like activate it as a business account or something. Okay. And when I did that, I guess if you're like a business like that is less public figure based, that is more like you sell stuff based and you have a store location or something. Right. Like what it'll do is one of the things that Instagram will then allow you to do is display your phone number. Right. Which is like a feature for some places like, oh, I want this displayed so you can contact the business. Exactly. Yeah. Like like Wasabi's Instagram page might have their phone number and you can call ahead to make sure you have a table or something. So I understand why that is a functionality, but a Upon doing this, uh, without me realizing it, my phone number, which was already attached to my Instagram account, suddenly became public. Oh. And this wasn't like a huge deal. It wasn't like all of a sudden my phone went crazy. But I did all of a sudden, like maybe like later that day, someone did call me and they were like, are you from the Super Carlin Brothers? And I was like, yeah, like (laughs) I don't know who you are. And they just sort of, I think, immediately launched into something about some some theory or something i was like oh, that was fast um but my my response was just hey i'm sorry um thank you so much for watching the channel i don't know how you got my phone number but this is crossing a line so thanks for watching but i'm gonna hang up <laughs> yeah yeah no and, and I, I think i think that's probably the perfect thing to yeah. do um, and then to i will say that if this happens to be the person listening they actually i think they felt super bad uh and they did send me a text like which was ballsy when I think about it, <laughs> like given what I told them. Right, right, right. But they were saying that like, um, they told me where they had found the number and that uh, that I might want to take it down. And they just basically alerted me to the Instagram situation, which was good because I was unaware of it. Right. And from their perspective, it was like, this person's listing their number. Uh, you know, like I understood what happened. Yeah, yeah, after yeah. After the fact, like, uh, but that was my response in the moment and... 
I took my phone number down and it has not been a problem since. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, that that is that is an interesting one. But it, I mean, I I think the text message was was a good follow-up because it's kind of like there are creators out there right now that I think I don't know how it works, but you can get like a special phone number that you can like tweet out and be like, hey, do you want to text for a minute? And it's not like your phone number. Like right. I think like Philip DeFranco, you know, does this every once in a while and it's yeah. a, it's a way to get some like fan engagement. Yeah, or, you know, I saw whatever. um one of our one of our friends, Amanda Rachley, did like a you could like call on like a radio show. Oh cool. And she like talked to fans for a couple hours one night or something. I was like, oh that's a fun idea. That is a fun idea. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I think they were live streaming it too, so everyone was listening. But right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. But then it's kinda stuff. cool. That's like I, I think kind of going back to the very beginning of the conversation, I remember uh <clears throat> when we were kids there used to be these, like, I think there were, like, 10 o'clock tuck-ins. Do you remember this? Oh, on Star uh, Country. 949. Star Country Star with Country. Jazzy J. More <laughs> yeah. like with Brett Chart and Robin James. Um, that's the actual people, isn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah, I feel like I could say them. They're public figures, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, th- they would do this thing, and I think that, like... I would sit there and I would like be doing like my homework or reading a book at night and I'd be like listening to uh, them do the 10 o'clock tuck-ins and all you had to do was call in and just say like, you know, hi, my name is so-and-so and I want to tuck in this person. And then yeah. if, if they're listening on their end, they get to like, you know, here you tuck them in or whatever. And it was kind right. of a cool thing. And so um, I remember doing that and they, they must have operated enough at like a delay mm-hmm. to where uh, like you would call in, you'd have like your little blurb and then it would be like another 15 minutes before it would like yeah. come on. Maybe that's even so you could like alert the person, the person and like hey like go get on there or so that you listen for another 15 minutes or maybe that's what it yeah, is it probably so that you could alert the person right but so anyway i did i did call in once and i think that that was like one of those little moments of like i was like i'm so famous like, <laughs> like i was on the radio amazing <laughs> with like you know 400 other people that night but right Either way, it was still pretty cool. That's fun. I think I tucked in Tyler, our little brother. Oh, wow. Look at you. Way to go. Yeah, I think it was like one of those things where I called in and I didn't really have a plan. Well, calling into the radio is kind of hard to get through. It is. I'm always blown away. And tell me if you feel the same way that like the way that people carry themselves on the radio is as if they call in in their like regular guest spots. Yeah. Like. I, if it was me, I feel like my voice would be trembling. I'd be stammering on my words. Like, I would be so nervous. And I'll be like, people will hop on. They're like, hey, how's it going? This is, you know, Janet driving to work. Yeah. And I'm like, Where Janet. Where are you calling from, Janet? Janet, you missed your calling as a radio DJ. <laughs> you are doing great right now, Janet. And congratulations on your free monster truck t-shirt. Which is what I assume she won by calling in. You probably get like a family four pack of tickets. To a a family four pack. Show. Wow. Yeah. Do you no t-shirt? Well, it might come with a t-shirt, but to just give away a t-shirt, that wouldn't really get people psyched about Monster Jam, I don't think. No, okay. T-shirt's not enough. You know what's fun, though, is t-shirt cannons. T-shirt cannons are fun. Like, what is it about being the recipient of a t-shirted cannon? A cannoned t-shirt, rather. Mm. I got it wrong the first time. Yeah. I made t-shirt the verb. Yeah. <laughs> um, that is just so much more exciting because most of the time they're like promotional t-shirts that are not cool. Ooh, they're not cool and they're largely, extra largely. Extra largely. They largely don't fit. They largely don't problem. fit. We used to call them sleep shirts as kids. You uh, remember that? Yeah. We would have like extra large shirts and we would just, that's what we sleep in. Do you, do, have you ever caught a t-shirt cannoned t-shirt or like some, like a, like a shirt thrown into the crowd? I am trying to think, mm. going back into my brain. I feel like you have. Oh, many occasions. You're like strangely good. At, you're like magnetic. I am strangely good at this. This is one of my weird hidden talents. I think largely it is because, one, I'm tall. 
Okay. Um, and two, I have really long arms. And three, I'm not afraid to be a little aggressive about it. That's true. That is true. <laughs> People it's are like, like uh, I will, I will reach up and grab it. And if like multiple hands are on it, I am like snatching. Yeah. You know? See, you are the. I I have to think that you are the exact opposite of me. Right. In this regard, where I would like maybe like you know help someone stand you know like the like maybe someone who like can't stand up well on their own yeah i would like help them stand up and you know maybe clear a spot make sure there's a, a good landing zone yeah, uh, pick the shirt up off the ground hang it to them if i would say if you're in about like a like you know uh if you if i'm sitting there if you are in the tic-tac-toe board around where i'm sitting in yeah. terms of seats like those nine seats around me that's fair game doomed that is, you are, first of all, I'm taller than you, and I will reach harder, and I will grab harder, <laughs> and I will get the t-shirt. And I, and I will get the t-shirt. And t -shirt. I have gotten it on multiple occasions, <laughs> have I gotten the t-shirt. The problem, if it gets, that's the thing, if it comes near me, I will get it. But you, the the trick is getting them to throw it near you. Yeah. If you, yeah. but here's the trick. You don't want to just wait. You want to, like, be, stay, you want eye contact with the person. Okay. the person throwing often needs... They're not just like aiming at the crowd in general, like especially if it's like an arm throw, not like a t-shirt, not like a cannon throw. Sure. They, it helps them to have someone to look at. Okay. So why is it then <clears throat> that whenever we go to the scare floor at Disney World, I get picked? Oh, I don't know. Because this is, this is a bizarre, <laughs> I'm, I might be batting a thousand. I'm not a hundred percent sure. The laugh floor. The laugh floor. Yeah, the laugh floor. At Disney World. Um, it's like, it's like you go in and it's actually a really cool show. If you're ever at Disney World, I highly recommend it. There's um, definitely a live comedian just behind stage. There's a live comedian yeah. who is doing like active improv jokes based on the, the people in the audience. Yeah. And throughout the show, they will like narrow in on, you know, three or four people who end up being like the characters yeah. of the rest of the, of the story. Um, and somehow, like, I will go in and I'm like, specifically, I'm aware of the eye contact thing. And I'm like, I'm not making eye contact with anyone right now. It's like, I'm going to be like in a, you know, like a, a very deep discussion with the person next to me. I'm going to be doing whatever I can to not look like the target person. And it's always me. Mm. Let me tell you, there is something about you, though, that you must exhibit some quality that they're recognizing. Uh, because I have, well, in my in my days at the concert venue, uh, I've worked with some clowns. Um, and, like, so... Some real clowns. Oh, yeah. Not not like people who are failures in life or anything. Not like this clown over here. <laughs> Poor like, clowns. Names I getting mean, dragged to the dirt. I mean, people who are professionally clowns yeah, in yeah, the yeah. circus. Okay, I see, I see. Yeah. So we would have um, Ringling Brothers come through, which... Uh, uh like once a year okay and the way they one of the ways they promote the show is they send advanced performers into the market to like make the rounds on all the tv shows and radio shows and stuff like that uh maybe they make appearances downtown and they just pass out flyers and coupons and whatever and uh my position was the guy who had to drive them around and make them uh appear at these spots and arrange the schedule and stuff like that interesting so I, so yeah, I've spent some time with some clowns, like literal professional clowns who are so good at what they do. I remember specifically one of the things they were doing, we have this trolley that drives around road. It's just a bus, but it's, it's, it's shaped like a trolley. Like a trolley. Yeah. It's shaped like a trolley. It's very cute and quaint and people like to ride it. 
but they were just like on the trolley one day uh entertaining the people as they got on and stuff yeah and i can i, I was so, i was never been more impressed they there was this one kid who was riding in the front who was like at first as many children are petrified of these people these clowns and they they were like a married couple of clowns anyway which is okay. funny to me they that travel cool. around in a van i don't think they ever stopped being clowns but anyway they they like immediately like know how to handle the situation so they go to the back of the bus and they're like you know waving at him and within like i don't know five minutes they've completely flipped this kid's world from like scared to like having the time of their life no way it was so impressive the way they like won this kid over and like so they're they're yeah. self-aware i mean and i guess you would be but like self-aware oh, yeah. enough that someone might be scared of you yes absolutely especially kids which is yeah. who they're normally dealing with anyway so but they're right. like oh man they were like hilarious and stuff where why are we why are we talking about clowns i forgot man and we're so deep we're now. so deep now into clown ter- oh you have a quality about you i have so a quality, anyway yeah anyway um that's what they say at on least. a little bit higher scale than ringling brothers is cirque du soleil okay which you think of as most like the acrobatics and the crazy people doing the awesome performance and stuff but often at the beginning of the show before it starts they will have their clowns on stage who were like going through and sometimes there'll be like on stage audience participation okay and let me tell you these people are pro professional people pickers really absolutely like people will say like if they get the floor seat they'll be like petrified that they're gonna get picked they're not gonna get picked like if you're scared of getting picked because you're like i i I really don't want to be on stage like they don't they want to put on a good show oh yeah of course so if if they get somebody yeah no i get that i get that That yeah like they're not trying to embarrass people they don't want to give you a terrible experience they want to put on an entertaining show for everyone there and they are super duper good at picking the people it's like you always wonder like man the people are always so good it's because the pickers are good ah and they i don't like they've been doing it long enough that they can recognize the qualities and whoever but there must be you you would have something about you is my guess i don't know what it is but that's weird because i would say in general i would be that person in the front row they're like do not pick me do not pick me do not pick me nah they would have something even because even the people like you would say that but if they did you'd go on stage and you'd be funny i oh you're maybe you know? i about funny i don't know about funny but i do remember as a kid <clears throat> also at disney world i think i got selected to be right a person like and, you'd play along yeah i would play along yeah <sighs> see i know they that would know. they would know I don't, I don't know how they know. It's because I'm do. a people pleaser. That's probably it. It's like, it's like I'm it. doing this for you guys yeah. and for everyone else here, but not for me. Well, so the other, maybe we should ask our dad about this because the other people who have the skill are reporters who have okay. to do like man on the street type interviews. Yes. Where at first, like they can like walk around and they'll just like strike out with people. But after a while, they, they'll just know, they can just pick out people who are walking on the street. Like that person will talk to me. If I go ask them questions, they'll be fine to talk to me. Whereas like, those people that there's no chance i'm gonna get them to talk into this microphone right now interesting and they can like get get real good so i don't know uh buzzy b but <laughs> you've got a you have a quality apparently that the that the pickers like that the pickers like well that must yeah. be it that must be it oh my gosh you guys well thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of popcorn culture of the pop again if you guys want to go and check out our new patreon page i'm pretty sure that it's patreon.com slash popcorn culture absolutely there's of course always that off chance that somehow that url wasn't available and mm. it's something else um but if you search hard enough if you search hard enough or if you check the show notes the show notes they will direct you direct you to our patreon page where you can choose help us choose who officially will be the host 
from week to week here on Popcorn Culture and have access to fun like behind the scenes stuff and most importantly of all help just support the show help pay our wonderful editor Ethan and so that hopefully we've gotten a lot of requests for pe- for to have like a video portion we do of the pop as well that's the big thing so we we have a, a set in mind to do a video version of the pop so if you're one of those people who likes to tune in and like see it visually we will are we are working towards making that a reality but it does require a little bit of build out on our end so you would of course be helping us get closer towards that goal uh, and so, guys, we do appreciate it in advance. And, of course, just keep in mind, this is absolutely not essential. And this, absolutely not. This, yeah. this show will never cost anything anyway. It so will not. If you care to support, we do appreciate you. And if you don't, we also appreciate you. Yes. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time. Pop, pop. That was my deep radio voice. That's pretty good, actually. Actually, we also have, like, new, uh, better acoustics in the room. I feel like you do have, like, the boom. Yeah. Boom. Well, here on Popcorn Culture. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's too bad we're not more into, like, jazz. <laughs> this is my jazz radio voice. Uh, let's <clears throat> see here. This is, uh, Jazzy J coming at you with the word of the day. <laughs>